Good evening, everybody, and welcome to night one of the Am I My Brother's Keeper virtual retreat. We have been waiting for this moment all month. We are super excited and delighted that you have determined that you would be with us to share uh, for our first ever virtual retreat. I am Dr. B., uh, the founder of Beyond the Walls Outreach Ministries, where we show the love of God by loving others. And as mentioned earlier, we are here for the next few nights, tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday, uh, in our virtual retreat, deliberately ministering to those who minister to others. We are meeting every morning at 714 for prayer with missionary Shannon Little. Uh, and then we have our midday self-care moment led by Gia Washington. For those of you uh, who are privileged to get that information and also the free ebook that goes along with that. And then every night you can meet us here on Facebook or on our YouTube channel uh, to hear a word from the Lord to our current condition and situation. And as a bonus, we are excited that every night we will be selecting someone to receive a bag full of goodies to remind us to take care of ourselves. Now, the Bible tells us over in 1 John 3, beloved, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Not just your soul, not just your spirit, not even just your body. God wants you to have it all. He wants you to be in good health. He wants your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions uh, to be prosperous. He wants your body to be in good health. He wants you to have all of those things. God wants you to be prosperous and so do we here at Beyond the Walls. And that's why we're here. Uh, tonight's focus group is ministry leaders and workers, ministry leaders and workers. Tonight, we want to specifically minister to those who have answered the call of God to pastor, to preach, to teach Sunday school, to teach Bible class, to minister as a minstrel or a psalmist or a deacon or a deaconess, to be part of the office staff, to operate in prayer and ministry and intercession, to any of you who work in ministry tonight beyond the walls wants to say a great God bless you from the bottom of our hearts to those of you who are dedicated, those of you who have answered the call to perfect the saints, to do the work of the ministry and to edify the body of Christ. Now, there is an interesting passage of scripture that the Lord has identified for our encounter, uh, for our time together in fellowship. So I want you to come with me, go over to Exodus chapter 17, please. Exodus chapter 17, Exodus chapter 17. We're going to land right about verse eight and read a few of the verses here. Exodus 17, verse eight reads, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Verse 12, but Moses' hands were heavy 
and they took a stone and put it under him and he sat thereon and Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun and Joshua discomfited, hallelujah, Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. Hallelujah. For he said, because the Lord had sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Verse 12 says one more time, but Moses's hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat there on and Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Tonight, our task is twofold. And by the aid of the Holy Spirit, we intend to speak life to the ministry leader or worker while at the same time speaking encouragement to those around the ministry leader or worker. Deliberately, we want to encourage the one who is doing the work while at the same time encouraging those around the person who is doing the work because we are all in this together. Am I right about it? Am I my brother's keeper? Huh? Yes, I am. So let us endeavor to start a process of healing from an area that we are often too embarrassed, too embarrassed to even talk about or to admit because we feel like it makes us look weak or we feel like it makes us look bad or less spiritual. However, I want us tonight to be honest with ourselves. I want us to be honest with one another. And most of all, I need us to be honest with God. He already knows anyway, as we have an open conversation about spiritual burnout, signs, symptoms, and solutions. Spiritual burnout, signs, symptoms, and solution. You're going to want to grab a notebook, uh, a pad, a pen, or something to be able to take down these nuggets. Spiritual burnout, signs, symptoms, and solutions. I want to speak to the heart of the person who's been burning the candle at both ends. And finally, the wick is starting to burn out. You are the light of the world, but your light is flickering. Uh, not because of sin, not because you may uh, be going through all of this excessive turmoil, but just really because you're tired, you're weary, you're burned out, not because of disobedience, but because you're tired. And it seems like nobody else can see it. You're burned out. Your light is flickering, not because you've stood up in the face of God and defied him and his ordinances, but because you've given so much of yourself to others in ministry, in family, in life, that your well is running dry. Burnout. Burnout doesn't happen overnight, my brothers and my sisters. It happens over time. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. It happens over multiple experiences. It happens over multiple instances of pouring out without pouring back in. Can I help you tonight? It happens when one makes multiple withdrawals from an account that is in desperate need of deposits. It happens when you keep pulling out but not putting anything back in. Come look with me. 
Come look with me deeply into the battle going on behind the scenes of the physical battle that is happening in our selected text tonight, because there is more going on than meets the eye. If you go back up to verse eight, uh, it tells us then came Amalek. Then came Amalek. It seems like just as you get your footing sometimes, Amalek comes. Uh, in the 17th chapter of Exodus, the Israelites had just crossed the Red Sea and were now in a dry, barren place uh, in the desert in Sinai, a place called Rephidim. They were weary and they were complaining of thirst and God in his infinite mercy provided water from a rock for them at the hands of Moses' staff, uh, which struck it. God satiated their thirst and cooled their very discomfort. Thanks be to God that he takes care of us even when we complain. He still is merciful. Now, no sooner than the children of Israel had been refreshed that the Bible says Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Sometimes you will find my brother and my sister that when you are on your way somewhere, trouble comes. Uh -huh. Sometimes just like the children of Israel, you will find that when you overcome one thing, when your thirst has been quenched and you are satisfied, an enemy comes looking for a fight. You just finished preaching and here comes Amalek. You just finished teaching Sunday school and here comes Amalek. You just settled in from leading the people in worship and here comes Amalek. You just prayed for somebody and here comes Amalek. You just gave an offering or sowed a seed and here comes Amalek. And what's worse is Amalek is not an unknown enemy. You see, Amalek was the grandson of Esau. And Esau, of course, was the twin brother of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. Esau's grandson, no doubt, had heard the story of the stolen birthright and issues issue, existing between Esau and Israel. He had thus chosen to become an enemy of Israel's descendants. Amalek was aware of the promise of God flowing through Israel's seed and stood in opposition to it. Simply put, this was a historical family fight. Let me pause for the cause to tell somebody who's anointed to work in ministry in any capacity at all. To those of you who are God's chosen and his call, I want you to know that sometimes you'll be attacked for no reason. Sometimes you'll be attacked for a historical reason that had nothing to do with you. Sometimes you'll be misunderstood. Sometimes you'll be trying to catch your breath from one battle when Amalek comes. The truth is sometimes you'll be attacked just because you're anointed. And when these battles seem to be continuous or happen back to back, you could be headed towards something called spiritual burnout. Uh, these are the signs that spiritual burnout may be coming. I want to point out a few here from the text uh, and its context for our careful consideration. One of the signs, one of the signs that spiritual burnout may be coming is the encountering of back to back battles. 
the encountering of back-to-back battles. You have to remember that the Israelites had been enslaved. They had encountered the plagues. They had encountered the power of the Passover. They had left Egypt in triumph and ran right into the Red Sea. Uh, They had walked through on dry land, but then they entered the wilderness and they experienced thirst and then turned around and received water uh, from a rock as answer to the thirst that they had. And now right behind that, Amalek has come, a fight with family. That's quite a bit. And Moses is trying to lead these people through all of these twists and turns. Thank God for our leaders. Think about it. If you're a leader uh, in any capacity, you've been trying to lead people through a pandemic, through financial insecurity, through loss, through conflicting reports on the news, through uh, you've been praying people through their difficulties and helping people through their grief and singing people through this situation and preaching people through this situation and preaching and teaching people through their many situations. I want you to take a minute right now, just to take a minute and do a self-check really quickly. Ask yourself, have I recently been in back-to-back battles? Before I can recover from one thing, something else happens. If you are in this state, you may be driving full steam ahead into the wall of spiritual burnout. These are signposts that we need to pay attention to and be aware of. Maybe you know someone who has been experiencing back-to-back battles, and you know someone maybe who is in the routine of doing ministry in some form or another. Pay close attention if you see them encountering back-to-back battles because they may be headed for spiritual burnout. Another sign, another sign of potential spiritual burnout is constant change constant change. For every event that I mentioned earlier in the physical journey of the Israelites, there was an accompanying emotional and spiritual effect. We are never operating in isolation as people because we are body, soul, and spirit. Uh, From the fear of death at Red Sea to the celebration of walking through on dry land to the frustration of being freed only to find themselves in the wilderness to getting thirsty to being able to drink water. All of those ups and downs and mountains and valleys are attached to different emotions and fluctuations in the soul and in the spirit. Sometimes faith, sometimes fear, sometimes strength, sometimes weakness, sometimes anxiety, sometimes power. Too much change without stabilizing may lead to spiritual burnout. This leads me to the most important signpost that either you or someone you support in ministry may be headed for that wall. And that is adjustment without acknowledgement. Another sign that one might be headed for spiritual burnout is adjustment without acknowledgement. What am I saying? What am I saying? Many of us who work in ministry have adopted the mantra, keep it moving. We take and we take and we take and we just keep it moving. But we have done this at the expense of our own mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Keeping it moving is great. If 
first, we acknowledge that we've been impacted by what we have been encountering. There's nothing wrong with that. Faith is not a denial of the facts. It is an acceptance of the truth over the facts. Many of the things that we are facing even right now are strenuous and stressful. Uh, we don't have to keep keep it moving at the expense of acknowledging that we have been impacted in some way by what is going on. We don't have to deny that trouble comes. The Bible tells us that in this life, we shall have trials and tribulations. The Bible told us that it would happen when we don't address the impact of our trials. We do ourselves and our souls a disservice. And sometimes we end up burning out. It's okay to say Houston had a problem. It doesn't make you any less God's child to acknowledge that something has impacted you, that it hurt, that it frustrated you. It doesn't mean that your faith is gone. Acknowledge the pain, deal with it, and then believe that you will grow through it. Acknowledge it. Don't be in denial. Acknowledge it and then believe that you will grow through it because God, according to Romans 8 and 28, is working all things together for your good anyway. The challenges that we have and will continue to have and encounter in ministry will not always be things that are within our control. And some things can't be avoided. Just like the battle in our text tonight, it couldn't be avoided. Some things you just have to face, stand up to, and fight through. Moses had to respond to the challenge of Amalek, although he'd face back-to-back battles, constant change in his personal and public life, and adjustment without acknowledgement because he just kept it moving. He faced this battle, one in our text, by instructing Joshua to choose the best of their soldiers, uh, the soldiers amongst the Israelites, to fight with Amalek, while he, Moses, took his position at the top of the hill with his shepherd's staff raised in full view of the battle. Traditionally, uh, opposing warring nations would spend, they would send their best soldiers to fight the battle and the leaders would stand on opposite sides uh, from a height or an elevation. Moses takes his place on the hill along with his brother Aaron and Caleb's son, Her. Then something really interesting starts to happen. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed according to verse 11. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses's hands were heavy. Hmm. Part A of that 12th verse, but Moses's hands were heavy. We've looked at the signs which preclude spiritual burnout, but let's look even more closely. Take a look with me at the symptoms of spiritual burnout. What symptoms show up to alert us that spiritual burnout is happening? What happened with Moses, uh, the leader in the text, as long as Moses' hands were up, remember the Israelites had the advantage when he dropped his hands, the Amalekites had the advantage. But why did Moses drop his hands? Why did he drop his hands? According to verse 12, part A, his hands were heavy. The staff wasn't heavy, but holding it outstretched 
for an extensive amount of time created <clears throat> such fatigue that he had to drop his arms periodically just to get some rest. The only problem with him taking a break was that the victory of the entire nation was tied into his ability to stay fixed. Mm. Literally, the weight of the world as he knew it in that moment was on his shoulders and the future of a nation was in his hands. Have you ever felt like the weight of the world was on your shoulders? Have you ever felt like the fate of your family, the fate of ministry, the fate of your world was in your hands? The gift of God in you isn't heavy. The talent that you have isn't heavy. Praying, singing, preaching, that's not the heavy part. You, you could do that in your sleep at this point because you've been doing it so long. What's making it heavy mm, is you've been through constant change and back-to-back -back battles. And you've been going through this so long without acknowledging your own pain that your hands might be getting a little heavy. The only thing is, if you let your arms fall, the enemy gets the upper hand. Can I go to a little, a little bit deeper? Can we squeeze this text? Just squeeze the juice out of it. All of the nuggets. When, when spiritual burnout sets in, one of the major symptoms is dropped hands. Dropped hands. No, you may not see the dropped hands in the physical, but I guarantee you that you will see and feel its effects. Mm. When we get fatigued from carrying so much in ministry, when we often uh, are overwhelmed with what is going on, sometimes we stop doing the things that keep us in a place of peace in God. What am I saying? Lifted hands represent worship. Lifted hands represent worship. Hallelujah. They represent surrender. Oh, my God. And if we get so tired that we drop our hands and we lose our worship, we lose our place of victory, we lose the ability to surrender and we neglect that opportunity, we give the enemy wiggle room to steal, to kill and to destroy. And where there is no worship, mm, when we are too busy to pray. When there is no habitation in the presence of God, there can be no fullness of joy and no pleasures evermore. And where there is no joy, there is no strength. Where there is no surrender to the will of God, there can be no peace for outside of his presence. We have no connection to purpose or alignment to his perfect will. Mm. But don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> Don't worry if you have dropped your hands. Hold on, for there's an answer in the text. Preacher, teacher, prayer warrior, singer, minstrel, psalmist, musician. Hold on, there's an answer hiding in this text. You may have shown the signs of spiritual burnout. You may have shown symptoms, but I came to tell you tonight that there are solutions. There are solutions. The Bible says in verse 12, but Moses's hands were heavy. And look at this. And they took a stone. Mm, glory to God. And put it under him. And he sat there on Aaron and her stayed up 
his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Mm. When Moses was too tired to push any farther, when Moses couldn't press in himself, Aaron and her took a stone and put it under him. When you are too tired and unclear to know what you need, and when you are so tired that you can't even verbalize it, you need people around you who will see the need and meet it. Not for selfish need, for selfish reasons, but you need people around you who will see the need and meet it. You need people around you who will prepare a place for you to rest when you need it most. You need people around you who will sit you down for your comfort, even if it means their temporary discomfort. Comfort. You need people in your life who understand who understand that their victory is connected to your anointing. Hallelujah. That you are valuable. You need people in your life who will not undermine you or ridicule you when you get tired, but help you to find a position of rest. Hallelujah. The Bible says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, then when Moses sat down, Aaron and her each took an arm, steadied Moses and held his arms up until the sun set. Not only do you need people who will lead you to rest, you need people who will support you when your arms fall. Yeah. You need people who will hold your arms up till the setting of the sun, until the day is done, until the job is completed. You need people who will take the weight off of you until you can recover. You need people who will steady you and hold you accountable when life gets off track. If you have people in your life who ease the weight that you feel, who help to bear the infirmity uh, when you are weak, people who help you to carry the load of ministry in whatever capacity you serve in, you need to thank God for those people. You need to thank God for those people. And then you need to turn around and thank those people for doing what they do to help you behind the scenes be effective. And if you don't have those people in your life, I tell you all the time, check your crew. But if you don't have your those people in your life, we pray tonight that God will send those into your life who can be a blessing and bring refreshing on to you. And can I tell you what happened as a result of Moses's hands being raised? Joshua won the battle and the children of Israel got the victory. God swore that he would wage war with the Amalekites and Moses's response was the very thing that he had struggled to do just moments earlier. Moses's response in verse 15 was worship. Yay. Moses's response was worship. I came to tell you tonight that the way out of spiritual burnout is back to your place of war. Back to your place of worship. Moses built an altar and he called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. 
a Jehovah Nisi, my brother, my sister means God by banner. He is my general. He is my protector. He is the one who gives me victory. He is the great conqueror and he himself is my banner held high. He is my signpost. He is my flag held high, waving to declare the victory. He is to be honored and to be celebrated. And tonight we lift him high. You may be showing signs of spiritual burnout. You may have experienced back-to-back -back battles and constant change and adjustment without acknowledgement. You may already be showing the symptoms of spiritual burnout. You may have dropped your hands. You may be struggling in the area of joy. You may be struggling to show the fruit of the spirit and to walk in peace. But if you have the right support, which will render to you rest and get rid of some of the weight that you are carrying, you will be able to see God as your niece, high and lifted up as you return to a place of worship. Can we take a moment tonight just to worship God in the beauty of holiness. The Bible tells us that the time cometh and now is that the true worshiper must worship him in spirit and in truth because the Father seeks such to worship him. My question to you tonight as we depart until tomorrow, uh, are you the one that God is looking for? Is he looking for you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word tonight. Help us to address every portion of who we are, ministry leaders and pastors and prayer warriors and workers and office staff and teachers and apostles and prophets and evangelists and those who do your work, oh God, for the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We declare and we decree even now, dear God, that you will bring us back to our place of worship that we might find strength. Hallelujah. Your word tells us that in your presence is the fullness of joy and at your right hand pleasures forevermore. We thank you, dear God, that your joy is our strength, dear Father. We declare that we cannot do your work without you. And so we return to a place of reliance. We return to a place, dear Father, of reliance. We return to a place of surrender and reliance upon you for you are our Jehovah Nisi. You are God, our banner, and we lift you high. We lift you high in the midst of everything that we are encountering. We lift you high in the middle of everything that we are encountering in our lives in this world. We give it to you. We place it all on the altar. And when we leave now, dear God, that you will make us prosperous in our soul, prosperous in our bodies, and prosperous in our spirit, man. We thank you now for healing us, dear Father. We acknowledge that there have been some things that have happened that have impacted us, but we give it to you. We apologize for not coming sooner. We give it to you even now, and we begin to receive your healing deep down in our inward parts. We thank you now in the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. And it is so, and it cannot be otherwise. We will meet you here again tomorrow night uh, at 745.
uh, early in the morning at 7.14 and our midday self-care moment at 12 p.m. Thank you so much for being here with us. We thank you for joining us for our first ever virtual retreat. God bless you. God keep you. This is our prayer.